everybody and welcome to the challenge flag where we call bs on fantasy football so-called experts i'm zach dorfman joined by michael conti what is up and today we have another great episode for you sorry for the delay i am a teacher so this time of year is pretty crazy for me we are back and we are here to give you your week one recap football is officially here thank goodness now a lot happened in week one there's a lot to unpack week ones are always insane so we have kind of different sections of ways to view players from week one so we have pump the brakes the real deal down in the dumps not worried about it and sneaky stash basically what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth listing players that we feel we need to pump the brakes on that we feel are the actual real deal that we're kind of down in the dumps on, that we're not really worried about despite their bad week one, and then guys that are sneaky that other people may be ignoring. Now, before we get started, make sure that you go to our Podbean channel and give us a follow if you have not already at thechallengeflagofficial.podbean.com, or if it's easier for you, just go straight over to iTunes, search The Challenge Flag, and you can find us there. Check out our YouTube as well. Just search the challenge flag and filter by channel. You'll find us right on the top. We do have timestamps for you guys. So if you are in a time crunch, that will be very helpful to you as well. And check us out on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. So let's get right into it. I'm super pumped. Speaking of pumped, pump the brakes. These are guys that we feel exploded in week one but we need to take a chill pill on going forward we need to tamper our expectations so mike who we starting out with we are starting off with everybody on the tampa bay buccaneers roster yeah pretty much i mean who who should we who should we even start well why don't why don't you tell us why are we kind of why do we need to pump the brakes about the tampa bay bucks well ryan fitzpatrick is not going to keep this up i mean don't get me wrong. I love the guy. I could see him moving forward, still landing two passing touchdowns a game. But I don't know. What do you, what do you have? Five total? That He's not going to keep that going. Yeah, he threw the for... The next remainder until Jameis Winston's back. He threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. But this is also... I think that we all need to remember that this is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He goes out. He blows it up. People think he's a viable starter. He does it for a few games. And then he is absolute trash he's had too long of a career where we've seen the exact same thing happen over and over again for me to believe that all of a sudden the tampa bay buccaneers go from one of the worst teams in the nfl to one of the best teams just because of him yeah and when we're talking about the tampa bay bucks um i mean you can still expect to get wide receiver one play out of mike evans but just don't be expecting that type of production out of the quarterback play and that type of share around to all the other receivers yeah, absolutely. I mean, Deshaun Jackson getting 31, like, I have him, he's on my bench, but I'm not going to automatically throw him in as a starter, being like, oh yeah, now he's a wide receiver one. Like, no. Expect it from Mike Evans, not anybody else. Yeah. 
Next on our list for Pump the Brakes, let's talk about Monday Night Superstar, Jared Cook. 27 points without touchdowns. Mike, why do we need to pump the brakes on Jared Cook? I'm a huge fan of Jared. I guess I'm just a huge fan of everybody we talk about. I'm a fan of Jared Cook because I used to be a flyer, streamer, tight end guy. And Jared Cook would always be someone I, I would stream because he always once a week, tw- not once a week, once a year, twice a year, he has these huge games. And he just did it last night. He opened the year with it. So I think this definitely uh, is reason for people to pump their brakes. They're seeing first game of the year. This guy's a big it's a big fish in the, in the little pond over there with Amari Cooper being bad. But whoa, whoa, whoa! Do not talk bad about <laughs> my Amari. We'll get to that later. But I mean, he had a hundred and sixty, if I'm not mistaken, a hundred and sixty of his one hundred and eighty receiving yards were yards after the catch. Like he was finding some real soft spots in that defense. It's taken him about nine years to have a breakout game. Like, so I am not getting all my feathers all riled <laughs> up over Jared Cook's like one game. If you are a Delaney Walker owner, or if you are a Greg Olson owner and he's your next available on the waiver wire, go for it. Don't, but just don't expect that 27 points again. Yeah, like last year, he, I don't know what his yearly average was when it came down to the end, but I know I owned him. He had a six catch, 100 yard game, and then four for 50, and then eight for 120. And the rest of the year, his best game was a 12 pointer. Besides that, he was putting up fours and less. And that's like what you expect out of Jared Cook. He blows up for a couple games. You know, they didn't really get Amari Cooper involved. That's sure, I'm sure that's going to change. You know, the, the Rams have some great corners over there, and he was just had to deal with a linebacker. So. That could have just been a game plan type of thing. Yep, absolutely. Last but not least on our pump the brakes, Adrian Peterson. A lot of people are probably going to hate me for sticking him on the list. Or was that you that was that you that recommend? Yeah, actually, that was you. Yeah, was I recommend you on the list. Pump huh. the brakes. So if you are angry about this one, you know who to go to. Nine of his fantasy points. Okay, he had 22 fantasy points. Nine of his fantasy points came on two catches. He had two catches for 70 yards. For me, that's just not enough sustainability in the passing department uh, for you know sustained production. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think like he had, he's fresh legs right now. He missed the end of last season and he didn't have much of a mini camp. I could definitely see in four to five weeks. He's definitely not going to maintain his 20 plus points per week. I could see him still getting that 80 to 90 yards and a touchdown here or there with a couple catches. But I definitely think like five or six games into this season, his age is going to start the show. Yeah, and he fumbled. He fumbled as well. I mean, that's just, that's something to think about. 26 carries for 96 yards. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that's amazing stats. You know, that's about, that's less than four yards a carry. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, he doesn't need to do well in the passing game. He did well on the ground. He didn't even really do well on the ground. I was, but he does get the workhorse touches. Absolutely. They have no running backs and the Redskins are just an atrocious offensive line. If you have like a problem at running back, your guy got hurt or whatever, or you just need a flex play. I think he's good. It's just he, so get this in one of my leagues, I was offered straight up Larry Fitzgerald for Adrian Peterson. And I'm assuming you declined that. 
no, 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 no. I have Adrian Peterson. Oh, this guy well, reached I'm out and was, accepted it. This guy reached out <laughs> and said, I'm going to give you Larry Fitzgerald for Adrian Peterson. And I, to me, I just think that like, if it was done before this week, he never would have offered that. And it wasn't like Larry Fitzgerald didn't catch seven passes. You it's know, not and, that he didn't lead the team in targets by like five or six. Yeah, there's more reason to be there's more reason for I feel like for us to be lower on Adrian Peterson than we are to be higher on him. There's just in the, if you look at the numbers and how well Chris Thompson did in the passing game, like it's just if he doesn't get for a touchdown, I don't feel like he's uh gonna be successful. Yeah, I definitely think that the season father time is gonna be knocking on his door this season. Because I thought he was knocking on his door last season. If you remember his first game with the Cardinals, he had 20, 25 plus carries for 100 yards. He had a huge game. And I know he got injured, but the next following games, he was, he was run down. Yes. Yep. And I mean, inj- with age too, injury is a real thing. You know real who thing. else is a real thing? Who? We got the real deals coming up right now. The real deal. These are guys that blew up, and we think that they can not necessarily sustain these these blown-up numbers, but they're going to be around their ceiling for a majority of the season. Yeah, so the first guy on our real deal list is Ty Freak Hill. He is the real deal. Do not look at these numbers and suspect anything else. Um, seven catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns, and a return touchdown. Uh, watching that game... The reason I think he's the real deal is one, always open. His speed was unbelievable. And he's just paired with the perfect quarterback. Mahomes' arm was just absolutely on fire on Sunday. And I expect more of it. And there's there's no reason to expect it's just the, it's just a pairing in heaven. It's really just a pairing made in heaven. Yeah, this is Zach's real deal list with Tyreek on it. I do not have Tyreek on my real deal list. He's a fluke. I don't care. I don't want to believe it. I won't believe it till the season's over. And he's a top receiver. Dude. I, I like <laughs> Again, if it was Alex Smith again, I would say, eh, I don't trust Alex Smith enough for him. But it's literally Patrick Mahomes is like built to be a quarterback for Tyreek Hill. I don't know. All right. But, I mean, he's not going to get a return touchdown and two touchdowns every week is what I'm saying. No, he won't. But he seven for 169 is definitely realistic. Okay, how about I'll say seven catches is realistic. Yeah, seven. Yeah, and, I can see him and he's and he's also a monster speedster. Yeah, and he has a huge home run um, ability. But you know, I'm just biased against him. Why? I'm, I don't know. It's hey, them. look, we all have our players that we love to hate. Your real deal pick is someone that I love to hate. Don't have any reason. I'll agree that he's great. However, uh, I just love to hate him. I don't own him in any of my leagues, and I'm okay with that. Mike, who's our next real deal? Someone who I don't own in any of my leagues, and I'm very upset about that he didn't fall to me in a single league, and that is Alvin Kamara. This man is a three-touchdown scoring stud, running back with nine catches and 112 yards, and that's not far from expectations on a weekly basis. I have to expect that of him. Yeah, getting 40 points on 17 touches is just phenomenal. And, and it's I, not even that like uncommon for him. What he's shown last season, like his yards per per touch, like carry and catch is ridiculous. And he's just continued it this year. Yeah, happy to see him do that in week one for, you know, 
I'm a non-believer, so, it, and again, I, there's no reason for it. This is just a guy that I love to hate, um, but I will agree that he's amazing. But it's just, it's good to see in week one that he's kind of keeping with that exact same playing style as last year, at where in the red zone, he's going to get it done as a runner. And also as a receiver, he's just going to put up monster yards after the catch. He's a trustworthy guy for Drew Brees. I mean, there's... There's just nothing not to love about him. Yeah, and I definitely see him getting abused before Ingram comes back just because Gillisley put the ball on the ground. If if I think if Gillisley holds onto that ball, um, Kamara definitely gets a lot less points, not a lot less points, but maybe like five or six less points. Maybe they let Gillisley snag one of those short touchdowns. But with Gillisley putting the ball on the ground, I think Kamara's workload is going to be similar to this until Ingram comes back. And honestly, even if you take all the rushes out, I mean, out of a running back, I'll take nine catches for 112 yards yeah, and a touchdown. Seriously. <laughs> that's fine. That, I think that's fine. <laughs> so you don't even need to run the ball, Alvin. Yeah. In keeping with the Saints, our real deal, our wide receiver, who was an absolute steal for anybody who drafted him, Michael Thomas. <sighs> this, this is one of those picks where it's like, you, you, I, the whole time watching, I was just like, Thank goodness the fantasy gods are like allowing me to be allowing us because we're both at both of the same feeling to be like so correct on him in terms of, you know, we said before the season that he's our favorite to supplant Antonio Brown as the number one receiver this year and 16 points on the day. Oh, wait, that's not points. That's catches 16 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown like you are a freak of nature. I don't know. I, there's really, you look at the stat line, there's nothing else to say when you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, last year, the guy averaged 16 points a week and he only scored like th- three, five touchdowns. I think it was five. Five touchdowns. So, I mean, he's he's averaging like 90 yards and seven catches a week. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, he clearly just doubled that for this week. And, and that, that, granted, that game was a shootout, but... I mean, this guy has one of the safest floors in the league. Yeah, the more the and the more that defense is bad, the just the better that is for Michael Thomas. And exactly. just keep watching. You know, I know Tyreek Hill has more points than him after Week One, but just keep watching. Michael Thomas will make that back up. Last but not least, for our real deals, my personal favorite real deal, a guy that I felt was unbelievably disrespected, Mister Thirty Points on my bench, Randall. Cobb, nine catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Here's what I liked most about Randall Cobb in that game. Whether it was Aaron Rodgers on the field or Aaron Rodgers off the field, both quarterbacks looked to him first in key situations. So whether or not Aaron Rodgers' injury is going to plague him for a while or if he's going to miss time down the road, you know, takes a bad hit, I'm confident as a Randall Cobb owner that he's still going to be that short underneath pass guy and continue to get volume. Now, it, as a Randall Cobb owner, I'm still a little worried seeing Devontae Adams get a touchdown. Geronimo Allison also made five catches, like 60-something yards and a touchdown. So I, I do want to see Cobb like separate a little bit from those guys, maybe have Allison get a little bit less. But I feel like people were just overlooking Cobb and just going right from Devontae Adams all the way down to Geronimo Allison in drafts. And 
If you were one of the people to snag Randall Cobb, good for you. He's always, as long as he's healthy and on the field, going to be a top target for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I'm always saying how I hate when people look at a player who has a bomb touchdown and then they go, oh, I got to add this guy, I got to have him, got to start him in the next week. You take away his bomb touchdown, yeah, it got him 15 points, but without that, he still got another 15 points just off of his targets, catches, and yards. Yeah. Yeah, for and for a slot receiver, honestly, that's that's what you want. That's what you expect, too. Like, that's what you want out of a slot guy is just to get you those seven or eight targets and then the 80-plus yards. Yep. All right. Now, enough with the positivity. Let's go down, down, down in the dumps. Down with the sickness. <laughs> These are guys who were very sick. They seemed very sick week one, and we don't expect too much out of them going forward. Mike, I know that the first guy has a lot of a lot of feels for you, so why don't you why don't you introduce him? Yeah, I wasted a pick on this guy in two leagues, and uh, I'm not I'm not too confident in him right now. That's Jimmy Graham. You know, in the tight end episode, we specifically talked about tight ends going to Green Bay to die. And after seeing the ball get thrown everywhere by Aaron Rodgers, everywhere except to Jimmy Graham. I had two catches for eight yards. When I drafted him, I, I thought he would be able he would be good for, you know, like five catches, five catches, 50, 60, 70 yards a week. But, you know, he has Cobb, he has Geronimo, and he has Devontae Adams. He really has no reason to throw to Jimmy Graham unless they're in the red zone. So I just think prior to drafting him, I didn't think he was very touchdown dependent. But after watching what happened week one, I definitely think that in order for him to hit those double digits, he needs a touchdown. Um, yeah, I feel like he's the kind of guy where seeing him do poorly made me feel very, very happy <laughs> because it just solidified my feelings of I'm going to skip him this round when I drafted, um, you know, Cobb, Allison and Adams all had touchdowns in that week. You know, Adams was Adams touchdown was in the red zone. So it's not it's not super it's not super good looking for jimmy grahama mama yeah you know in the same game we got the next guy a guy that i've been low on forever and i was i want to say i was happy to see him do bad i was just expecting to see him do bad and he did bad he does exactly what he does best and that is be bad and that was mitchell trubitsky you know last year he averaged only 182 passing yards a game that's worse than the league you know what he opened up the season with? 171. So, you know. Yeah. That's consistent. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate to you here. Just a little bit. I'm like I'm like 70% agreeing with you. So, Trubisky did well as a runner. Rushed for 30 yards and a touchdown. And watching the game, he was a pretty situational runner. He did pretty well on the ground. But I will agree that when you got... Allen Robinson and Trey Burton and their offense looked fantastic in their first few drives. Actually, really for the whole first half. And it's just, I wanted to see that continue for a whole game to be able to like really be a believer. I think Matt Nagy's system is great, but it just seemed that something happened to them in the second half where when Aaron Rodgers came back and started mounting that comeback... You know, that whole team changed. 
So I'm looking for a bounce back this week, you know, but seeing that in a game where a lot of people feel like, wow, Trubisky was really good. And when you look at the stat line, you're like, ooh, that's a that's pretty awful. Like it, it doesn't look promising going forward. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. My favorite down of the dumps pick because I've been saying it all draft season. Don't have him on any of my teams because of it. I drafted all over him, around him, and let other people take him, and that is Kareem Hunt. This has nothing to do with recency bias. 16 rushes for 49 yards. It has nothing to do with that. The Kansas City Chiefs are changing their look. They're going to be looking more downfield. They do not have that safe Alex Smith type offense anymore. They will, and Hunt is just not a good enough runner to me. I think they're going to use Spencer Ware a little bit more. He's going to have better games than this 4.9 dud than he had, but I'm not looking for Kareem Hunt to be the, you know, 15 to 20 every single week kind of guy i think that they're going to be a pass first offense and that's that yeah no i mean i agree with everything you just said i can't really add much to the conversation (laughs) boom mic drop our last guy down in the dumps was somebody who i unfortunately drafted and had no intentions of drafting but only drafted him because i don't even know still can't tell you why i drafted him but he's on my team and i hate it alex collins yeah, Alex Collins did not have a good first week. He fumbled, and the worst part about it is that each one of the Ravens running backs, I forgot the name of the team for a second, can you believe that? <laughs> each one of the Ravens running backs had a touchdown. That does not look good when you drafted Alex Collins to be a workhorse back. And don't get me wrong, I understand that they didn't need him, but when the backups can come in and look just as good as you, if not better, that's never a good sign. Yeah, this was supposed to be the easiest game of the year, right? Like, you play, you're playing the Bills, like, Alex Collins should have tore them up and didn't, and, uh, you know, it's hard to expect it getting better from there, you know? Yeah, I mean, unless he does end up getting that work for it and they're in games where they need him to be productive, but just the fact that they just didn't need him to do anything. Yeah, I and mean, that's sad because Alex Collins, if you remember our zero RB episode, Alex Collins was like the perfect zero RB target. Yeah, that was who we were targeting. I think that's the only reason why I took him in the 14-man league when he fell to me in the fourth. I was like, wait, this guy is... I'm getting a steal here ADP-wise. But unfortunately... Doesn't pan out. I mean, I hope that things are different. I just don't expect it to be different. Yeah, no, me either. Yeah. On to the next segment. Not worried about it. These are guys that, even though they had a poor week one, we're not worried about it. We're expecting a bounce back. I'm going to start because this is my boo, and I'm going to just, I just need to get it out there. It's going to bother me. First guy is Amari Cooper. One catch for nine yards. One rush for nine yards. Now, if you watch that game, Derek Carr was under pressure a lot. But Amari Cooper was open a lot. 
every single time that you know a play would break down and they would pan out and show you the play from behind the quarterback you would see that Amari Cooper made his break and the safeties were shying off of him I mean he was open so many times during that game and Carr was holding onto the ball way too long he was indecisive he I mean it it just proved it it's proven that he was so indecisive he kept checking it down to his tight end and to Jalen Richard who got nine catches so he was not comfortable throwing it downfield week one was not an Amari Cooper problem it was a Derek Carr problem and to me it seemed pretty messed up that John Gruden praised Derek Carr but called out Amari Cooper saying we need to get him going he said um about Cooper he was like, we need to get him going this week. That's easier said than done. How is he supposed to make plays with three targets? That's like your quarterback's job. Sorry, Michael Thomas can't make 16 catches if he doesn't get the ball thrown to him at least 16 times. So to me, it was just it was just so backwards talking about it. If Carr improves, Cooper will improve. They kept him in the slot. They kept him as the flanker. He was not just shoved out into no man's land as the X. So that usage should call for improvement. You know, I have some, I have a pretty good bench in one of my leagues. I may sit him this week again, just cause he's away in Denver. But after that, he should have some easier games and he should be able to get the ball rolling. Yeah. I'll be using the same strategy as I have a deep bench as well in the league. I own him. The next guy's someone I own in two leagues Drafted him because of his great preseason game, but as we know, you can't really uh, depend on preseason foreshadowing how the season's going to go. But once again, we're not worried about this guy, and that is Trey Burton. Trey Bobo. Yeah, uh, as low as I am on Trubisky, like I said, the preseason game, he got the ball to Trey Burton. He was hitting him in stride. Everything was looking good, so I had faith in him drafting him. I just think Trubisky had a little bit of a shell shock there, like we said, in the second half. Rodgers came back, and... Rodgers is Rodgers and I would probably uh, do a little doo-doo in my pants if Rodgers came back first drive and did that but there's brighter days ahead for Trey Burton I can tell you that yeah and the fact that they were so ineffective in the second half and they did not get their pretty much one of their best skill players involved means that that's something that Matt Nagy is going to change Cut like starting next week. He he's gonna need to get Trubisky. He's gonna need Trubisky to get Trey Burton involved. I think it's one of those that they're gonna see how much of a mistake it was to not target him as much as they should have. All right, our last guy that we are not worried about at all, and you shouldn't be either, is Travis Kelsey. Week one had one catch for six yards. Yes, Mahomes was airing it out to Tyreek, the freak, but it's not going to be like that every game. He uh, he is a downfield quarterback, but Travis Kelsey does have the ability to get himself downfield. Uh, he's going to find himself some space, and I think that a rookie quarterback, once he faces some more difficult defenses, is going to realize that Travis Kelsey is his best friend. Yeah, um, I mean, Kelsey last year, if you remember, I know he had at least one dud game, so they could just be his dud game of the year. He's a top three tight end candidate every year. I don't see that changing just because he has a new quarterback in Mahomes. All right, and the last but not least for our sections for our week one roundup is Sneaky Stash. So these are guys who uh, did pretty well week one, 
and are being overlooked and could continue to produce well. So Mike, start us off with our first guy. First guy, someone I actually drafted in every single one of my leagues. He's on all three of my league's benches. That is Mike Williams of the San Diego Chargers. Wait, whoa, whoa, Los whoa. Angeles Chargers. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Whoa, oh my not goodness. Mike Williams, Tampa Bay? What not happened to Mike, Mike Williams, Williams Tampa, Tampa Bay? Bay? Although he was a stud. <laughs> So Mike Williams, he had five catches for 81 yards. Um, the biggest reason why he's a sneaky stash is the two guys above him on the depth chart who also saw more snaps than him on Sunday are Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin. And both of those guys had huge drops in the game that definitely led to the Chargers losing. And, you know, Mike Williams, he made the most of his targets. He just did a great job catching the ball, getting open, finding separation. And I think that's going to go a long way as the season stretches on and Phillip Rivers uh, gets more comfortable with him. And you got to remember, he was a uh, early round draft pick by the Chargers last year. He was just out with an injury. So the skill is definitely there. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the Chargers want to get him the ball. Like Philip Rivers wants to target him. Like he doesn't need to like to target Tyrell Williams or Travis Benjamin. Like they're just kind of there. But as the fact that he got five for eighty-one in Week One to me, like well exceeded my expectations. As, as their wide receiver four. Yeah, as their wide receiver four. You know, he started seeing uh, a lot more playing time. He's going to get even more playing time as Phil Burbs because we're comfortable with him. And they, like you said, early round draft pick, they want to get him involved. Yeah. He's definitely Ooh, I good. Thought of a, I just well, thought of a new sneaky stash that's not on our list. Just just throw it out there. But me and, me and Agus were talking about it. Corey Coleman for the Patriots. He was a he was a first round pick for the Browns. Yeah. And we've just concluded that they've had so many first round picks that you would think that they have just like a whole long laundry list, the Hall of Famers, but they don't. And we just think it's that they don't have like a winning culture there. That's true. So these rookies get drafted in just, just a terrible football program. And even after they leave the Browns, they're terrible. So he went from what the Browns got cut by the Browns, cut by the Bills. He's going to go to New England. And I think he's, he's going to flourish out there. Last sneaky stash. I'm half and half on this guy now. I'm, I'm still, I'm still like him as a sneaky stash though, actually. Yeah, so the point of the sneaky stash is that, you know, stash these guys on your bench and they could sneakily develop over time based on what we saw week one. Our last sneaky stash and the last player we're going to talk about today is old man, break out the cane, Brandon Marshall. Doug Baldwin's out for at least a few weeks. Red zone targets are going to be abundant, and we're in week one. He went three for 46 and a touchdown. That's all you really want, and that's all you really need out of Brandon Marshall. That's what you expect him to do. If he plays that role for Russell Wilson, at least while Baldwin is out, he is quite the sneaky stash to have some average to even above average games. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's the sneaky stash over Lockett because uh, upon uh, Baldwin's like injury, he let, he left the game. Lockett, 72% of the remaining snaps of the game, Lockett was was uh, set up where Baldwin set up. So it looks like Lockett's the direct replacement to Baldwin for the time being, which is why we have Brandon Marshall as a sneaky stash. You know, even when Baldwin comes back, he'll still be a uh, possibly touchdown dependent option, but. Uh, you already see week one that Russell Wilson has faith getting him the ball. Yeah, and Lockett's just too obvious. Like, that's not really a sneaky stash. Yes. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, even moving forward when Baldwin's back. Yeah. 
All right, everybody, that's our show for week one. Make sure you tune in next week as we recap week two as well to give you more insight on what you should be looking at going forward into the upcoming weeks. Make sure you go check us out on iTunes or on Podbean at the challengeflagofficial.podbean.com. Check us out on Twitter as well at flag underscore challenge. Make sure you give us a follow. So on our way out, Mike, give us a bold prediction for week two. Bold prediction for week two is, uh, so this guy... Prior to last week, he was only owned in 5% of Yahoo leagues. That has since dropped, jumped up 39%. He's now owned in 44% of leagues. This guy, I think, needs to be owned in every league, and that is Quincy Anunua. The New York Jets, they uh, got rid of Austin Safarian Jenkins in the offseason. Quincy Anunua is now that safety valve for rookie quarterback Sam Darnold. He's going to be that guy that's going to be open in the middle of the field for Darnold. I think he's a must-add. You saw he got 48% of the target share last week. I could definitely see that going down with the return of Jermaine Curse, but he'll definitely still be seeing plenty of targets, getting those red zone looks, and racking up safe flex play points for you guys. 